weeks trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to preach on Biker Sunday. <laughs> you know, how am I going to correlate some kind of piece of scripture in the Bible um, uh, uh, to, to the passion or the hobby that, that this many of you have uh, that are here this morning? Um, and I may have done it a little bit. We'll see it, we'll, we'll see it in a few minutes. Uh, but my congregation will tell you, and I tell them, I'm not the most original person in the world. Um, I'm, I'm good at, at, at listening to other people's ideas and, and, and acting on those, but uh, I'm just not the most original person in the world. I'm sure there's plenty of pastors, plenty of preachers out there who can, you know, come up with some kind of cute or some kind of interesting way to bring these two worlds of, of uh, the passion for biking and, and scripture together, but I'm just, uh, I'm not one of them. Usually what happens when I try to do something like that is it comes out sounding really nerdy and really dorky, which, uh, yeah, which my church will also tell you pretty well sums me up as well. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I did mention to you earlier that today is Ascension Sunday in the church calendar. It's, uh, it's the last, actually it's the last Sunday of the Easter season prior to Pentecost Sunday, which is, which is uh, next week. And it's a time where we remember, of course, Christ going up, leaving the earth and going up into the heavens. Uh, generally about 40 days after his resurrection. And there's a particular piece of scripture in the book of Acts, uh, Acts 1 as a matter of fact, that I love to preach on, that I love to talk about um, on Ascension Sunday. It comes um, right there in verses 6 through 11. I want to go through those real quick um, because I believe this, this, this scripture, I think this is where I've been, I, I was able to kind of tie these two worlds together maybe just a little bit because I believe this piece of scripture has something to offer for all Christians. I think this piece of scripture has something to, to point us towards um, in, in, in a way that we can, you know, through our hobby, through our passions, through, through all, through whatever life has brought us, through whatever uh, situation God has placed us in in our lives outside the church, how we can use these things uh, for the purpose of furthering God's kingdom, for the purpose of, you know, furthering the mission of Jesus. So starting there in verse 6, Acts chapter 1. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? <laughs> he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and those times, but they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, Christ was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. That's the word of God for the people of God. So what's going on here in this, this, this first part of the book of Acts, this first introduction, basically, uh, in the beginning? We find Jesus and the apostles uh, kind of hanging out together again about 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. And while they're eating together, Jesus instructs them, gives them some instructions to hang it to stay, to remain in Israel until they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which God is going to give them. So where we started here back in verse 6, the, uh, the, uh, the apostles kind of look at them and, and they say, you know, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore its kingdom? Something that, that jumped out to me this week when I was, when I was uh, going over this particular piece of scripture 
is that <laughs> the author, for whatever reason, I assume there's a pretty good reason for this, but the author of the scripture says, lets us know that they kept asking him. In other words, they did it more than once. As There's an emphasis there. They kept asking this question over and over and over and over. They kept on asking Jesus, hey, is this time, has the time come for you uh, to free Israel to restore a kingdom? Jesus kind of replies, and he doesn't, he doesn't deny that you know, maybe one day these physical kingdoms were, will be restored, but he kind of, what, what he does, he kind of just, he, he kind of looks over that. You know, this is crazy to me, because as long as the disciples have been with Christ, as long as the apostles have been with Christ, as long as they've, as much as they have learned, as much as he has taught them, they still didn't get it. They still thought that Christ was there to restore a physical kingdom. They thought that Christ was coming to restore, basically, the political atmosphere of Israel that was being oppressed by the Roman Empire at that time. They still just didn't get it. So Christ just kind of, he ignores their ignorance, <laughs> and he moves on. And uh, he shows them something better. He points them to something, something better. He points them to his kingdom. He points them to the kingdom of God. You know, we look again in verse 8 where Christ says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then, of course, our scripture kind of concludes with him ascending up into the heavens and the apostles watching as he leaves and two angels uh, saying, you know, why are you looking for Christ? He's gone to heaven, but he'll come back to you the same way. What I want us to focus on is verse 8. It's one that we've touched on previously, maybe a little bit here at Bemis. But check this out. According to the book of Acts, according to what we read here in the book of Acts, the very last words that Jesus said were that the apostles, by the way, that's us today, that the apostles would be witnesses, that they would tell others about him everywhere last words of Jesus in the book of Acts before he left the earth was saying that you guys and the church, the church is us, y'all are going to tell the entire world about me. And then he left. Think about this for just a second. If you knew that you were about to leave this earth, if you knew that this was going to be your last day on earth, your last, your last 30 seconds on earth, and you had an opportunity to say one thing. You had an opportunity for people to hear your last words. I'm going to guess you would probably want those words to make some kind of impact, right? You would probably want to say something that had a lot of meaning. You would probably want to say something that people were going to remember for a long, long time down the road. I don't think that Jesus used these last words haphazardly. I, don't, I, I think that Jesus was very, very intentional about what he said here because he wanted us to understand. He wanted the apostles to understand, but he also wanted us, as we read it today in 2022, to understand who we are. He wants us to understand what we are going to do, what we are doing and what we are going to do. He wants us to understand, here's the word that I want us to focus on, mission. He 
wants the church, that's me and everybody else in here, to understand God's mission and that we're going to fulfill that mission. We're going to carry that mission out. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We are his vessels. Some of y'all may recognize that this verse, these, these verses, these last words of Jesus that are recorded in Acts are kind of similar to the last recorded words of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of Matthew. And this is one that my church has heard me quote and talk about and preach on over and over and over and over again. But it's the last words, last recorded words of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew. And again, everybody in here has heard this before. Y'all know this verse, but I'm going to repeat it just to, just to refresh our memories. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all, that, obey all that I have commanded you, all that I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. So in Matthew, Jesus tells us what to do. He gives us our marching orders, so to speak. Make disciples, make followers, baptize them, teach them to obey all my commandments. Over in the book of Acts, here in verse 8, he tells us that we got the power and the authority to do that. He says you will receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. And here's another word I want to point out to you. And you will be. Will. Not you might be. Not think about it. Not probably. Not maybe. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth across the globe. Go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And guess what? I'm even going to give you the power to do it. I'm not going to tell you that you might do this. I'm telling you right now, you will do this. You are my church, and you will carry this message. And I'm even going to empower you guys to do it. That's the mission of God. That is God's mission on earth. And guess what? God's mission has us. He has what we call the church. He has the people of God, the church, not this building, us, individuals, the collective body of Christ that we call the church. We will carry this message to the ends of the earth. Here's the thing. Most of this mission that we're talking about, most of this mission is not carried out. And Bemis, y'all are going to probably get sick of me talking about this, but that's okay. I can't say it enough. Most of this mission does not get carried out within the confines of our buildings. It's carried out outside of our buildings. And I don't want to diminish the importance and the necessity of what goes on inside the walls of our church. What we do in here is very important. We worship together. We fellowship together. We receive the sacraments together. We're, uh, uh, we grow together in Christ's likeness. That's what we do inside the walls. But understand this, though. The primary purpose of the church, ultimately, 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 the primary purpose of the church is to bring people into the family of God, to bring people into the family of Jesus Christ. It is to fulfill this mission that Christ tells us about in Acts 
be his witnesses, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach obedience to the commandments of Christ. So this is where I want to come back kind of full circle to what I said in the beginning. Where I'm going to try to bring together the scripture world and the biker world. God empowers us to carry this message to the world, as I said. Not just within the confines of the church. Okay? For the most part, most of the evangelizing does not go on inside of the church. I would say 99% of actual evangelism, telling other people about the gospel, drawing other people into the family of Christ is done out there. And there's a, there's, there are certain people. Everybody in this room is gifted. Everybody in this, in this sanctuary today is gifted to be able to do that to some degree or another. And we can use our passions. We can use our hobbies. We can use wherever God has placed us in the world. We can use our, 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 our work talents to be God's representatives and to carry that mission out there. There are certain people that I can reach that you can't. There are certain people that y'all can reach that I can't. One of my primary jobs is, is, is to preach and, and, and uh, to do my pastoral duties. Folks, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I probably couldn't talk to bikers. Judy talked about this when she got up here a minute ago, and she is absolutely 100% dead on. I, I checked out the uh, Christian Motorcyclists Association website this past week, and uh, it says, it says flat out, our, our, our primary mission is evangelism. That's what they do. They can reach people that I probably could not reach. That's a gift. That's where these two worlds come together carrying out that mission. There were some other people that were some other people in our congregation I was going to point out. Kevin. Kevin, I know for a fact that you carry that mission out in your workplace because of some of the stories that I've heard you tell over the years. My wife, I know that she carries that mission to the degree that she can in her workplace because she tells me some of the stories of the interactions that she has. Mark Heidekamp, you work in law enforcement, brother. You can carry that message people that I can't reach. We all have that gift. We all have people that we can reach that other people cannot to carry out that mission, to be what God says, what Jesus says, when, when he says that you will <laughs> be my witnesses. Folks, that's how it happened. That's how this whole Christianity thing happened, by the way. And I meant to say this about five minutes ago, but that's all right. If you ever, if you ever wondered you ever wondered how in the world Christianity got to be where it is now? Have you ever wondered how in the world, how in the world, now, now wrap your mind around this, okay, just a second. How in the world did a religion that was started by a poor carpenter who was crucified, who was killed in the most heinous, most embarrassing, most painful way any of us could imagine this religion that was started by this dude and 12 other dudes, people who were, who were harassed, people who, you want to talk about oppression in our country? Give me a break. 
people who were oppressed, people who were being killed. How in the world did that small Jewish sect grow from Christ and 12 people to the point where it is today of being the largest religion across the globe? Because God is doing and God has done, Jesus has done what he said in Acts 1 that he will do with his church. You will be my witnesses. That promise is being fulfilled. 2,000 years is not a very, very long time in the whole scene of things. A lot's been accomplished in 2,000 years. Unexplainable. Supernatural. If that doesn't convince you of the reality of a supernatural God, I don't know what can. We're part of this. We get to be part of this. That's a gift, and that is an awesome gift to me, that we get to be Jesus' messengers on earth. 